This is Changeling the Podcast. Welcome to Changeling the Podcast. Come for the glamour, stay for the vibes. I'm your host, Josh, and with us is your other host, Puka. Say hi, Puka. Donnerwich. What are we talking about tonight, Puka? We are going in kind of a weird direction tonight. <laughs> we'll be looking at Changeling the Celtic Cycle. And for anyone who's thinking to themselves, what book is that? I don't remember that from the Changeling lineup. You are correct. This was a homebrew offering from, we think, 1999, maybe 2000. In the before times. Yep. Very before times. Yeah. This would almost be a grump in pre-C20. <laughs> Not still. Late, late wilder years. This homebrew can drink. Yep. Both, even in the US, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was written by... Well, we'll get into this. I'm having trouble reading names in this book. Um... <laughs> it is very tiny font, yes. But it was Buck Martinton, Dina McKinney, and Wayne Peacock, all of whom wrote at various points for Changeling and other World of Darkness mm-hmm. games. This was definitely a labor of love. You can tell that. Yeah. A lot of work went into this. So just as background, uh, this was part of the small press called Motive. I'm actually not sure if Motive was the name of the publication or the press or some other project, but it was from the print zine era. So anyone who remembers print zines. I mean, my mom worked on those. Yeah. Um, she, she edited several, did, did like a Doctor Who fandom and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, they start off with a mission statement where they talk about why this homebrew And apparently they wrote from a place of dissatisfaction with what they call the tragic road of the game. And I'm not clear whether they mean the themes of the meta plot or like the fact that Changeling was slowly smothered out of existence by White Wolf. Um, Or I thought it was they found banality too depressing. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they talk about like there are three forms of glamour in Changeling and I'm thinking only three but they yeah. sort of lump them into the buckets of being Disney-ish and art-related and Arthurian romance. And apparently they have little patience for the first two, so they're leaning hard into the sort of epic mm-hmm. folkloric side. Yeah. Which I don't know how I really feel about that. But I mean, you, I think you like the epic folkloric side and the stuff that they're deriding. So I, well, I mean, yeah. I'm not opposed to the folkloric side, but I think I'm even less into it than you. And I'm so it's like this was this was i almost didn't want to do this episode this was a hard read for me nevertheless but i think it's good to have that kind of perspective on it because i'm not saying we should hate read it but i do Mm -hmm. think we can see what works and what doesn't by taking this approach it says it was heavily inspired by land of eight million dreams right Great. So let's make Changeling more like, it's like, oh, they also recognize Land of Eight Million Dreams didn't really fit well into Changeling the Dreaming. So let's make Changeling the Dreaming like Land of Eight Million Dreams. That seems to be, but with Celtic instead of faux Asian. Sort of the uh, solution in the other direction. Yeah. So I will definitely say this text does nothing to disabuse us of the notion that Changeling is too Celtocentric because yeah. it might as well be called like Fae, the Irishing. 
what's called changeling the Celtic cycle. Like, yeah. No, I think they also allow for Welsh and Scottish and maybe even Britain. That's true, yes. Yeah, but particularly Irish. Yeah. And it really, it, it is also a mechanics rework as much as a thematic and mood-based one because there's no glamour, there's no banality, there's no dreaming. So. There's something like sort of glamour and banality purely from a mystical perspective. But yeah. Yeah. So the operational question that I kind of wanted to answer going into this was, would this make a good rule set slash setting document for either a ancient Celtic slash Irish game or an interregnum era overall British game? Mm-hmm. They do kind of set it up as an alternative to the modern setting, which I'm less convinced about, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Although they, they still keep a lot of the meta plot. Yeah. Like if you were playing a mage in the world of darkness and you had some changeling friends that vaguely described things to you, you might not be sure which of these books applied to your yeah. world. You know what it reminds me of a little bit. So for anyone who's played magic, the gathering in the early days when the ice age set came out, there was cool. a lot yeah. of talk about it being a standalone expansion. And I think it kind of got integrated into the base game pretty well, but there are mm-hmm. little things that make it, you can play it on its own, and it was sort of like an alternative to the main game. If I recall correctly, when they were developing it, they had ideas to make it much more separate, but then like, you know, whoever the powers that be were, were convinced, no, 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 you shouldn't change it too much, make it still integrable with the rest of Magic. So I, I kind of feel like that with this one, where mm-hmm. it's still within the changeling, I don't know if I want to call it ethos or something, but it is a standalone game. It's not easily yeah. integrable. It's like so. in between Lost and Dark Ages Fae and Changing the Dreaming, like if you were to kind of halfway yeah. towards one of those. It, it's also more, I feel like one of the goals also, they don't state it explicitly, but it's like more compatible with Mage the Ascension and Werewolf the Apocalypse. than mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Umbra is in here. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's gauntlet ratings and everything. But importantly, related to your comment just now, at least two of the authors did go on to write for both Dark Ages Fae and Changeling the Lost. So I wonder mm-hmm. how many of the ideas from here made their way into those texts. Yep. But anyway, um, let's get into it. Yeah. So we have the... Lexicon. One of three lexicons? That's a... There's some... There's some layout and design choices in this book. Well, so important to remember that this the document that we're going through was three separate issues of this zine, and each oh. issue started with the lexicon and the intro each time. This makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why are they starting over a chapter like it's a new book? Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. So some terms that I think are interesting, instead of banality, they have antipathy, which they describe as anti-fay. But it's not really... You know, it's not banality in the sense of like all the yeah. people being boring. It's like, no, it's cold iron. And actually, this also makes me think they probably read the Changeling 1E core book, kind of liked it, and then didn't like the direction the direction the game went in. Feels like it too. Because some of the yeah, stuff here feels very early 1E Changeling too. I was kind of thinking of it more like, what if a werewolf tried to explain Changeling? Yes. Because the Fae are treated much more like umbral spirits rather than dream spawn. There is the one the weird section I was talking about, the weird stat, which is like instead of glamour. Yeah. And it's like, it's actually more closely linked to quintessence than gnosis. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> what? 
that being said, there are a couple terms in here that I kind of like. I like that yeah. they use the term the dying lands for the autumn world. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty cool. Or they have um underhill when someone goes into the umbra in this case, but I guess the equivalent would be into the dreaming. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Oh, and um periphery. So basically a shallowing for the dreaming. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a sidebar on page five that kind of explains the arc of the history. This is probably more useful than going into deep detail about all of the elements, but essentially mm-hmm. it's the Tuaha created kingdoms and fairy, but occasionally mortals would stumble in and become changelings. So there's echoes of changeling the lost there. Then they would stumble back to earth and infuse their bloodline with humans. Mm-hmm. Over time, they suppressed some of their weird energy so they could like, better tolerate antipathy and resist iron and stuff, especially as Christianity spread. The she spent more and more time in fairy while the more lowly face stuck around mortals. And then the shattering is really centered on the fall of the old faith in the sense of mm-hmm. like when Christianity came and swept paganism away. Yeah. This book's really anti-Christian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's also other non-Celtic realms mentioned. Like, yep. they talk about the potential of doing, I guess, changeling the Norse cycle and changeling the Greek cycle. So yep. I don't know if it's for the best that we only ever got one of these. Yeah, they never have anything like the Nunahi, though, mentioned at all. Yeah. Apparently the Fianna helped end the War of the Courts between the Sealy and the Unsealy. And then... That's actually changeling canon, dreaming canon. I remember that being like... a a tiny piece but it seems like it was yeah (laughs) anyway then they tried to make ends meet through the interregnum and got a little bump during the celtic revival in the 18th century Mm -hmm. the island apparently came back early like before the resurgence which i don't quite remember that from no elsewhere but you know if anyone's going to come back early i guess that makes sense and then Instead of the moon landing, the resurgence in this case happened on winter solstice 1967 after they rediscovered Newgrange, which, fine. And then they opened up the gates or something, right? Like the light yeah. shone through. One thing, another few changes that Doha did and on are just true fae. Mm-hmm. Changelings are like essentially kinane in Changeling the Dreaming. And if you, we'll get to that later, where they kind of mechanically are. Yeah, And so I guess if you wanted to take Dark Ages Fae and like you could use this book, I think, for a future for like modern day Dark Ages Fae that kind of looks like Changeling Metaplot. Yeah, Uh, but otherwise it is an attempt at least to align things vaguely with the main game Metaplot because the She did come back. mm -hmm. They saw that life was hard and then the Accordance War unfolded pretty much like it did in Changeling the Dreaming. Mm -hmm. There's still all the Concordian kingdoms and everything. So, yep, even the same setup in the Isle of the Mighty. Yeah. It's a little odd because you'd think that if they were homebrewing to this degree, they would take the opportunity to like change things up a little bit. I think it's like they wanted to change the culture and metaphysics, but not the metaplot. Yeah. I'm not sure that this homebrew knows what it wants to be in terms of yeah. like its utility for players. So. Completely guessing, but you have three authors who all worked on it pretty this could have been a consensus among them kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Apparently Wayne Peacock and Dina McKinney actually write together pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. So presumably they were comparing notes, but also we do have at the table of contents for each issue. It does tell us who wrote what. Mm-hmm. So we can attribute blame as needed. <laughs> yeah. 
One other thing that kind of crops up throughout this, which I actually kind of like, is there's a lot more connection between the Fae as spirits and the underworld with the Umbra and the Dreaming. Because mm-hmm. in the Irish tradition, there is a lot more of that connective tissue than we see later on. Yep. Or in Celtic myth, I should say, with Anun in particular. I don't even think, he, like, there's some of the stuff drawn for changes. Like, that is not unusual. That's not limited to just Celtic myth either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of... But it's not something you really see with Arcadia as a concept versus, like, Stygia in Wraith. Yeah. We then get into changeling culture and what it means to be Celtic Fae. There are notes about the physical marks, which I'm always a little bit uncomfortable about when they kind of highlight, this is the skin and eye color that your character should have. But I do kind of like the note that the Fae are creatures of hyperbole and every character should choose an exaggerated feature of some kind. So that's mm. that's neat, I think. Mm-hmm. The note about not having a chrysalis is interesting, which I guess only really works because they've specifically removed banality as a thing. So that kind of points to what you were saying about them being like kinane. Yep. Throwbacks or something. Yeah, they're half human, half Fae, but not like in the change of the dreaming sense, but just in the, oh, they had kids together and... Yeah, it's interesting how they managed to redefine the term changeling and it's still not aligned with the traditional mythological kind of thing yeah well if you think about it none of the white wolf ones including lost the closest thing to a changeling and anything is the lost fetches which aren't the changelings yep i have always wanted to run a fetch game though i've always thought that Mm -hmm. would be you know so we have some notes about the Celtic changeling spirit, where they say a changeling is a changeling at the moment they're born. Eventually, they figure out their changeling heritage because weird stuff happens around them. And the explanation for them being strange is because they are constantly connected with fairy, and some of that energy is like seeping into them. So it's almost like, I guess within changeling the dreaming terms, it's like, because there's no, there's no um, musing or ravaging really in this. Mm-hmm. It's just you get your glamour from constantly being in contact with the dreaming. So yeah, they'll get into those systems for this later. That's where it starts to get wild to me. Yeah, again, similar to the Xian and sort of like with Chi. So we have some kiths. Yeah. So there's no satyrs or Ishu, but we get the Chloricon and the Yodu and the Piskies. They. Why'd they rename the trolls? Like, I, that's, I don't know. Because they didn't rename the knockers or the... Yeah. Also, the term they use for troll, the ihek, it's a, a term that means farmer. So I'm not sure what to make of that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that puka is spelled in the appropriate Welsh way with a W as a vowel. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But overall, I mean, the kits are pretty much the same as in the main game, just with emphasis on their Celticness. There's bits about the tripartite society with the prominence of warriors, some ableism directed at sorcerers yeah. and bards, and then the commoners. This this starts to bug me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, where it's getting into, like, woohoo, let's have a caste system. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know that this is better than what we have in the main game. But that being said, it's kind of like, I could imagine this being how House Darren kind of perceives everything because <laughs> like, they yeah. lean so hard into their traditional irishness i could imagine them coming back and being yeah. like yeah of course this is how society should work yeah i could see some not even just dare i could see some kithane going 
like the particularly celtic -y ones going, okay, you need to make a role-playing game based on being a changeling. Oh, here you go. <laughs> they make this. Yeah. I Honestly, I found this to be really interesting. <laughs> so Yeah. And then Kinane are kind of like at the very bottom, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kinane are just even less changeling-y changelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of weird to me to add like, maybe it's like auspices from uh, Earl of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, here's a sidebar on page 16 where they said, why not Koblenai instead of Knockers? So maybe that's mm. why they decided to keep Knockers. But the font is also very, very tiny. It's not just tiny, ornate and hard to... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what else? We have the Celtic S. Cheat, a code of honor. And this, again, sounds like Darren. Like, later on, we get a note that there's an upcoming book from Art House that's going to deal with some additional houses. So in terms of timing... This definitely came out after Fool's Luck because it has the Piskies in it, mm -hmm. but before Book of Lost Houses and presumably Wait. before Denizens because there's nothing about Wait, the Wait, who Indian. wrote Hesterin in Book of Lost Houses? That is an excellent question. It was, pulling it up quickly, it was Dina McKinney. Yeah. Go figure. So maybe, yeah, maybe this is what informed the Darren uh, three values or whatever. Mm -hmm. I do really like on page 17, again, a sidebar with very tiny font but it's all traditional irish curses which is my mm -hmm. absolute favorite may the seven terriers of hell sit on the spool of your breast and bark in at your soul case may the devil cut the head off you and make a day's work of your neck and then <laughs> maybe the best one no butter be on your milk nor on your ducks a web may your child not walk and your cow be flayed and may the flame be bigger and wider which will go through your soul than the connemara mountains if they were on fire beautiful yeah, my, my grandfather had a bunch of things hanging up that were like the blessing versions of those. But that's... <laughs> oh. There used to be this little like web, whatever it was called, applet that was an Irish curse generator. And I used to just sit there refreshing it, making Irish curses, which is pretty fun. One more. Whoever put me into impotent grief and took my white tomcat in secret from me, may the mice come in waves as his company and the rats from the kiln give him the pursuit. That's very specific, not just curse, but like situation. Yeah, some of these some of these maybe are not suitable for all occasions. Yeah. Anyway. One thing that they have in here, which I'm really not sold on, is they say, oh, ancient Celtic law still applies among the Fae. And I'm like, even if they're not fully human from the start, they are still raised in modern society that fervently punishes a lot of these acts. Like, one of the law pieces is something like, oh, well... You know, if you kill someone, just pay their family. I'm like, that mm -hmm. That doesn't really work anymore. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also thinking, like, this This comes up a lot, not even just in Changeling, but like, okay, you are a character, you are non-human creature from some culture's mythology, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you're from that human culture. That means right. you're from, like, why are the Fae behaving like Celtic humans from back again? Why aren't they behaving like celtic fae from back then but yeah well and again that's that's part of why i'm thinking like this would probably be better suited for an ancient ireland game because then yeah. it's this is the culture that the the changelings the putative mm -hmm. changelings are adapting out of into fae culture yep then we get to festivals in celtic in the celtic year i think that must be yes yeah, it's now that I know that Dee McKinney wrote House Darren, it's like, okay, this is where all of this text ended up. I get it. <laughs> and then there's a few other customs at the end. 
some of them are actually pretty cool, I think. Like they talk about the cult of the High King, which I feel like we maybe had a little bit about that in Immortalize 3, the Ireland book. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to think about like, what if High King David had a cult of personality around him? Or any of the queen claimants for that matter. Yep. The note about the hero's portion of meat and drink at a feast. I kind of liked the importance of animals and cattle raids. There's a sidebar on the tithe to hell, but frankly, I like the way it was handled in the Shining Host Player's Guide better. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's the uh, first issue. Cattle raid, too. Now I'm like, do you have chimerical livestock in Changed in the Dreaming? Anyway. I would love to run a cattle raid game, to be honest. Now I want, I'm like, <laughs> I never thought of chimerical. And even like the other book, um, when I talk about the Shannon McGuire uh, hmm. October Day series, like that had, I think they even called them chimera, like mythical creatures that were kept as livestock. And I'm like, I've never done that in Changeling. Excellent. So then we get into issue two. Yes, this makes more sense now. Thank you for telling me that these are multiple issues. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why is there another title page and then table of contents <laughs> yep here's where we get into character creation and yeah it's very <laughs> i guess can i just skim through this quickly i can just sum yep. up the steps all right so first choose a concept which i'm not sure how you're supposed to really do that if you're not familiar with the culture but whatever i guess issue one is supposed to be enough for that you choose your kith legacies and your legacies are different because you have court season and class rather than just your seely and unseely so you choose i'm seely or unseely the end then spring summer fall or winter similar to changeling the lost and then class we have warrior lore master crafter and outcast and that's centered on regaining willpower yeah explicitly calling something that's supposed to be a world of darkness game character (laughs) class is just like what (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there is also a note in the sidebar where they mention freebies are determined by age instead of seemings. And I don't know really if I like that. There is a connected thing, though, where essentially you gain more freebies per point of antipathy or banality. Mm -hmm. And I actually really like that. The notion of you can start with higher banality in order to get more freebies. Yeah, there were a few things here that felt a little bit bit vampire. Like, oh, here's the elder Mm. rules or something. And then like... (laughs) There's something kind of like mixed between, maybe it's later, but mixed between like Kinane, like the blood, but it also felt like generation. Yeah. And it is sort of like, you have to wonder how much of this was play tested. I mean, I assume some of these ideas came out of their homebrew game, but then to create this entire yeah. system, it's like, did you sit down and really run multiple games of this? I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure how much that ever happened for any Chinese book. I would hope the core books, at least. I mean, they're credited playtesters, so... That's true, that's true. But the supplements... Oh, no, yeah, yeah, not the supplements. Land of 8 Million Dreams, who knows? <laughs> so after doing all that, attributes and abilities are basically the same, but with a couple adjustments to the latter based on class. Mm-hmm. So, like, warriors gain an extra dot in melee or brawl and things like that. Crafters gain an extra dot in crafts. Go figure. Then you do backgrounds, which are mostly the same, except there are no dreamers because there's no musing or ravaging. There's domain, which replaces holdings. And then kinane mists and 
fey blood are additional backgrounds. What are your thoughts on mists being a background and having it be more personalized like arcane? In this setting, sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't bring it to change the dreaming because that doesn't quite... Yeah. I don't hate it as a concept. Yeah. And it makes me think like, you know, there must be... Because we have like slipped seeming and parted mists and everything, but I'm, I'm interested yeah. in... I mean, we do have... In, at least in C20, one of the cantrips does it basically too. Yeah. But. Anyway. Uh, and then there's magic, which we'll get to later. But rather than art, there are branches with ranks and feats. And we'll get into mm -hmm. that. You get two willpower and four weird, which is basically glamour. Then 15 freebies plus up to three antipathy, each of which gives you two more freebies. So you actually start with slightly more than in the base game. Merits and flaws are largely the same. And there are also fey gifts. Yeah, I did like Blabbermouth as a flaw. Yeah. I, I want that in a, not just change of the dream, that's just a flaw. I don't know about the exact point values, but as a general idea, I like it. Again, House Darren. Or just anybody. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, and then specialties and spark of life are basically the same. Mm -hmm. So then birthrights and frailties for the different kits are also basically the same, except that the Yodu are adjusted to account for like the seasonality of their court, I guess, mm -hmm. or their legacy, and for the lack of seemings. Oh, there's an idea for Gilly Do. Make it based on where what the actual freaking season is. Well, that's uh, that's one of the options in Kiss Boy yeah. Do. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. <laughs> now available in the Storyteller's Vault. Yeah. Wait, did you do like if you're in certain parts of the world, you get dry or wet? I. I made reference to it and then didn't bother creating an entire system for that because it would just be. <laughs> yep. Okay. So then knockers make treasures rather than chimera, which yeah. that's pretty cool. Since there's no chimera in the game, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I liked actually the troll flaw update because it was always kind of silly. I don't know if they fixed that in C22, but like, oh, what's your troll flaw? Your birthright stopped working. <laughs> that's not interesting enough. Yep. The puka tend to have Celtic animal forms, and there's a little sidebar that suggests boar, cow, deer, horse, hound, raven, salmon, serpent, swan. So take your pick. I kind of think like fox should be in there too, but yeah. Yep. Although I just love raccoon puka, so that yeah, that's a, that's a mark against it. No raccoon puka. They're not in the British Isles. Does she have apathy instead of banality's curse? Because there's no banality. And Selkies, when they're away from the sea, just die. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Making it even harder to play a Selkie. The backgrounds, there's Fairy Blood, which grants boons. I actually quite like the Domain background because it implies that there are just places that have these kind of supernatural echoes of fairy. It's not really mechanized. It just kind of describes mm -hmm. how it's a, a thing. And then the mists are personalized, as we noted. Then there's weird versus antipathy. So then, okay, fey gifts. What are your thoughts on these? I, yeah, this was complicated. It seems almost like an alternate set of merits and flaws. Yeah. Well, it felt like with the canine, like in, in the Enchanted book, kind of. Yeah. They're... But several of them too are just kind of like supernatural merits and flaws. Mm -hmm. Like fairy eternity is in here. I'm like, oh, I... I've seen that before. The thing, though, that really sticks for me is that if you take the Feyblood background, you have to take 
what is it, equal amounts of boons and banes. They call it boons mm-hmm. and banes instead of merits and flaws. Well, they also have merits and flaws, remember? Right, right. It's like a separate set. So it's like, why would you pay for a background to take additional merits and flaws that balance out, basically? Mm-hmm. It's like you're net losing points. And if most of these are already present as supernatural merits and flaws, it's like, just yep. take those. <laughs> Bard's tongue is in here. I could take that as a one point flaw and get a one point merit and not have to spend a background point. Yep. So there are some nice little examples of second sight in the sidebars though. There are a couple of these that are interesting, which I don't think are in the main game. Like there's um dial aspect, deal aspect. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's sort of like um, Gawain and the Arthurian myths getting stronger and stronger as you approach noon and then losing power after that time of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think with the background and them giving that, they're trying to do something, and I don't think they really achieved it, but <laughs> this is sort of a problem in general with Changeling or World of Darkness or whatever. You have these supernatural things, of qualities about you that are both good and bad. And yeah. the World of Darkness system, there's other game systems like Fate that handle that pretty well. But World of Darkness does not really handle this is sometimes good and sometimes bad depending on the situation. And yeah. I mean, I guess I guess you just have to take it and see what works. <laughs> I do really like this sidebar on the next page about the wisdom of trees. Like, that's a nice little beautiful piece about the fey affection for magical groves. Mm-hmm. And speaking of magic, yeah. here we go. It's like kind of like Glamour and Banality, weird and antipathy, but yeah. like... You have certain situations where you get extra or lower weird a time of year and stuff. Yeah. And then like for doing great feats or taking oaths or doing holiday things. Yeah. Or... And then the temporary one, you spend it kind of like glamour. You regain it a number of points per day based on the gauntlet rating of the area. That's where I was starting to get. Yeah. Or seeing a Celtic performance or fulfilling Stepping. your nature's... How much weird do you regain from Riverdance? When this was written, I think you'd lose. I think you gain antipathy from that. <laughs> Probably. So you can get antipathy by breaking an oath or a gaze or a ban or just a huge breach of the code of honor, which again, I can't imagine no changeling would have problems with that code of honor, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't matter if you, then you just gain antipathy, even if you don't like it. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's actually pretty easy to get rid of antipathy, too. You just have to spend some weird, which you gain every day anyway. So. And this feels more like, to me, like how some people described banality as like, oh, anti-fey or something mm. like anti... Mm-hmm. Like the technocracy would be giving you lots of antipathy in this one. Presumably, yeah. And then weird is used much like glamour in that you can enchant mortals and use birthrights call him dragon's ire because in second edition dragon's ire was a thing that you did not Mm -hmm. in art i did find it interesting that glamour as a term here are like it's basically like every changeling has chicanery one and can do it at will by spending points of weird it's just Mm -hmm. you can make little illusions so that was an idea wait why do they talk about the satyr mean in here wait where was that page 15 oh oh. Yeah. Editing issue, I think. It sort of seems like instead of being simultaneous, the human fey distinction is either or. It feels kind of like Change of the Lost to me. Yeah. 
but you get various advantages and disadvantages for being in one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, actually, this reminds me of some TV shows too. Actually, Lost Girl. This is more Lost Girl than Changing the Dream. Anyway. Ah, but it was before Lost Girl came out, even. Mm, maybe they wrote this. So then, the magic is divided into branches, each of which has its own dice pool. So you have your associated attribute plus your rank in the branch against the difficulty of the local gauntlet. I guess it functions a little bit like the Dominions in Dark Ages Fey mm-hmm. or a pillar in Dark Ages Fey. Yeah, Fae. I found it kind of funny. It's like the gauntlet's a bigger deal for these guys than for the werewolves. Yeah. So I guess if they want to get rid of banality, that's a good Hindu crossover. Yeah. So each branch is associated with a particular Celtic deity and covers a variety of functions. And then each rank has one or more feats. So it is overall very similar to the Land of Eight Million Dreams mm-hmm. magic system. Did that have subtracting dice instead of playing with target numbers? This is a lot of subtracting dice pool stuff. I think it was inverted where you built your dice pool mm. instead of instead of the other way around. So yeah, you can enhance your spell by taking dice away and then add dice with sympathies. So if you're... Mm-hmm wearing the right color or if you're in your famine or if it's the appropriate festival or you're tapping into a superstition, all of those sorts of yeah. things. And if you want to affect the entire horizon or an ocean, that's minus 15 dice. So hopefully you've got some sympathies going on. Yep. Some serious poems. Yeah. And also just massive dots of a tribute. Mm-hmm. But like I said, when we read that book as a magic system, I like that as a system for another game. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it here, I'm like, all right, I can I can roll with this, pun slightly yep. intended. And this one, you don't have to read the I Ching, and, but then make sure you got the right weird idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic interpretation of it. This is, yeah. seems a bit more straightforward. Yeah. There's also these bands, and this book needed some better editing because I'm still not sure how they're supposed to work. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, rank one. You must participate in a yearly festival to honor the branch's founder, and you may not use the feats of this rank on your birthday. It's like, wait, what? Like, do those only apply to this rank? What? What's happening here? Mm-hmm. So, but the branches that we get are dedicated to Aron, the god of death; Bridget, the goddess of healing, health, and fire; Clear, the god of water and wisdom; and Math, the god of wisdom and knowledge. And that's it for this issue. Those are the only four that we get. There's also like this Rumpelstiltskin story at the end. <laughs> so, what did you think of these powers? Like, would you turn some of these into arts or something? I mean, probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, because they they just kind of proceed along such different lines overall. Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, some of them are clearly more powerful than the other. Like Bridget has so many powers in hers and Aron yeah. does not. I guess if I were to make a death art specifically, the Aron one might be good to draw from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of. I'd have to read it more carefully to find if there's like. It would be a oh that inspired me for a cantrip. Not mm. although actually now in C twenty we have such broad arts. I do want to figure out that um getting something where it's using like maybe like wraith arcanoi kind of thing where you get alternate cantrips or something. Well, that's like. Seneschal and Kithbook Nibs, which is supposed to be kind of an alternate sovereign. But yeah, I mean, I think it works for this system in the absence of anything else. Like, mm-hmm. I wish this book just kind of leaned into being an entirely different game. <laughs> yeah, something could have published it as a real book and change Dark some... Ages Fae, the prequel. Yeah, change some a few word terms, 
throw out the change leadering meta plot that doesn't even really this game doesn't need anyway, and then you're good. Like, I guess yeah. the Umbra and stuff. Well, speaking of the Umbra, as we get into issue three. So in this third issue, we have information about the other world and its denizens, which having done fairy faith, I'm glad to see a little bit of this crossover peeking in. Like if you're going to have Faye and the Umbra, I can see this providing some options for ideas. Do you think fairy faith and this game with mage could work well together? Yes. I mean, maybe not mechanically, but yeah. thematically, yes, I think it, I think it could work. Mm -hmm. There are trods slash ley lines slash straight tracks slash low roads, which connect and cross and are accessed by beacons slash portals. There's lots of multiple multiplicity of terms here. Mm -hmm. And they intersect at lay centers, which is also where you get nodes and cairns. Wait, new background trod. They had trod in second edition. Yeah, I think they meant new for like yeah. issue three relative to issue two. Mm -hmm. Oh, Trod Lord, no. That's yeah, we 20 levels that. of secondary ability. Yep. Underwater basket leaving lore. I do like the idea of you can open a Trod with just wits plus grammar and a whole lot of math. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And here's the bit about domains lowering the gauntlet. Nice to have mechanics in the third issue instead of the second issue. But... And then we get Chimera. That's yeah. Celtic word. I um, love how they chose the most unpronounceable word possible because <laughs> it's like oh we can't use chimera that's not a celtic word let's choose i'm going to spell it out s-o-m-h-l-t-h -H. i will take your best guess as to how to pronounce that uh bob white that works yeah apparently it's like south but it's also a scottish deity without corporeal form representing yeah. masculine energy i had never heard of this before going looking for it for this episode so and then there's like these are spirits yeah and they're like is a spirit a chimera no chimera are spirits born in fairy although they may feel at home elsewhere these are like super cool spirits these are cooler spirits than the other spirits but functionally they are just spirits <laughs> it's like you can call it ire if you want it's still rage you can call it weird if you want it's still essence mm -hmm. yeah that kind of annoys me more than like, I like having Chimera being distinct from spirits and changing yeah. the dreaming. This is like, let's make them distinct from spirits, but not. It's like, why? Why don't they just make them? These are the spirits of fairy, yeah. which they are. Yeah, because fairy is basically an umbral realm here. So you can enter fairy, you just can't get to Arcadia. So that part is still the same. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. And I'll admit that the Chimera here are probably easier to fold into other games than the Changeling ones in the sense mm -hmm. that they're visible and interactable. Yeah, I've been trying to mull over an idea of how to do umbral spirits in the dreaming, but that's a whole mm -hmm. other. I do like the human form and Kindle life charms that they have here. I would adapt those into reads. Mm -hmm. And then treasures are basically fetishes because they have Chimera locked into them. <laughs> that didn't need so. to be. Yeah. Should have made them wonders. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of werewolf in it. This yeah. Book. Well, I assume they wrote for werewolf as well. I do like for the treasure crafting process where they have three steps here where it's crafting the thought, crafting the vessel, and then imbuing the chimera. Mm -hmm. The idea about a smith's sacrifice is really interesting. Like you can't make, you can't finally make a treasure without giving up some part of yourself. I thought that was mm -hmm. pretty cool. That would be a neat, like for mage, if there were some paradigm that was like to craft a wonder, you have to like cut off a finger or something. I mean, to craft a wonder, you do have to spend willpower, don't you? 
permanent willpower or something. Uh, Certain kinds of wonders. Perhaps something like that, yeah. But also boatloads of quintessence. So. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's almost as extensive as character creation. So I, I didn't check like the mechanical mm -hmm. balance of all these pieces. No. But I do dig the example ones that we get. So like the window of Kelly is like a stained glass panel inset into a table. And then it kind of like moves and shows different scenes. And if you sprinkle rose water on it, a woman in the picture whispers conversations of what's been said over the table and things like that. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's this weird mishmash of abilities that I always like that kind of thing. Yep. Then we get some new branches of magic. Yeah. So we have Kernunos, who covers animals and shape-shifting. Actually, this whole kith a lot, like the, the sympathies, I kind of like that. I kind of wish yeah. the arts or something had that. That is the kind of thing which, when I think about how to port over ideas from Xian magic into changeling, kithane magic, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that would be a nice piece. Because that's one thing arts and realms need. Uh, cantrips need more ways to subtract or different. Yep. Storyteller's vault idea. Yeah. The branch of Ku Kulin is basically those Skaha martial arts from the Book of Lost Houses. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of them at least seem similar. Oh, and here's a whole bunch of more magic items. There's also the branch of Danu, which is the magic of trods. And then the branch of... It says here to pronounce it Goibnu, which I don't believe is correct. <laughs> uh, I think it's Goibnu, but that's the magic of smithing. And it's required for making treasures. And I'm wondering, does that conflict with the knockers having that as their birthright? But mm -hmm. yeah. then uh, the branch of Morgu, who is the battle queen, and Rhiannon for illusion and transformation. Yeah, Celtic names. So many Celtic names. But that's what I want in a roleplay game, just lists of names for me to pick. I... Did you ever play Pendragon? Because Pendragon was very big on providing lists of names. No, I have not. I've heard of it, but... Yeah. I've heard a lot about it, but I never played it. Classic. So then we get to Celtic storytelling with an assortment of resources, which includes other World of Darkness books. <laughs> but then there's like tidbits of lore about animals and trees and shape changing into them, the importance of extended family, music and dance. I did really like the trope of the footholders and the doorkeepers, because that is something which I do think of as being pretty unique to Celtic mythology. Hmm. So, banishments, elopements, wooing. Oh man, you ever watch Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister? No, I haven't. Okay. I know of them, but I haven't yeah, that's watched it. Is there a footholder? Well, that's kind of it's, it's the high level bureaucrats or what it really focuses on that work for the minister and then later ah. goes Prime Minister. Interesting. Uh, we have some ideal themes for the Celtic Chronicle, which are vengeance, prophecy, righting wrongs, and rescues. And a sidebar on Celtic law for some details about how to handle each of these. I guess this could be useful for, you know, games. <laughs> no, read the book about Celtic law, seems like. Yeah. I am a sucker for, like, legal systems that are very different from what any of the players are used to. Fictional or real. But... Mm. It is the kind of thing which it would have been nice if there was more about that in the core game. Because we get little allusions to yeah. it but it tends to be the same pieces over and over that aren't really that detailed you get, there's trials okay but yeah <laughs> tell me about parliamentary procedure in the parliament of dreams yes what are the That's rules funny. of evidence like is every it can't always just be a trot like a fighting like yeah or stick your hand in the hot thing i mean 
the supplement on its own doesn't really give us much more detail, mm -hmm. but it points us towards other resources. Yeah. So, some more festivals. And these did absolutely find their way into Book of Days. And then the calendar months and years. Was it all one-to-one? -one? They weren't using like the Julian calendar, were they? Uh, I think it depends on the location. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure some of these are ancient and some of them are modern. So I don't know what mm. their source material was for this. but Yeah, I remember trying to look up the history of the week. Like mm. seven day a week, and that just—I'm not sure what I'm. You're getting into the fringes where you're like, uh, I don't know what's real and what's made up by somebody. So. I think you can blame the Romans for a lot of it, though, for the week yeah. at least. Well, they didn't invent it, though. But yeah, they no, no, no. But they spread it. Like that's the Romans. They didn't invent it. They spread it. Yeah. And then we end with a setting, and because it's World of Darkness, even though it's the Celtic cycle, we can't get out of bloody Georgia. So. There's a whole lot of What's info. with this side part? Vital statistics. College yeah, graduates, 12%. What? Yeah. This setting is a single county in northeastern Georgia, and there's a whole bunch of little informational tidbits. Well, I guess maybe they lived in Georgia. I guess they must have. But yes, it's still under King Melga because it is in the Kingdom of Willows, and the politics are kind of in that context. But I don't know. I guess we could port this into changeling like we have statistics for them i guess we could just give them different arts and it would be fine yeah pretty sure you can't email she at isgroup.net anymore and get a useful response on i think we should try example sure. characters hi we just reviewed your podcast. you wrote this 25 years ago but can you tell us uh can you give me details on other care this other npc in this book yeah <laughs> i want to know more about kieva Kitchva, knocker farmer. There's a red cap farmer. And a Gildu farmer, Molly McGill. If I had to pick three kits that should not be farmers. Yeah. Anyway, then there's a whole bunch of sources. I, <laughs> I like how GURPS Celtic myth is included as a must have capitalized and underlined gaming resource. <laughs> so, I'll go out and buy it right now. But I mean, I like a lot of the music that's on here and. Some of the movies they have the merlin tv miniseries which we talked about in our tv inspirations episode so i'm glad to see that <laughs> gets so oh my god though dead can dance you two well their earlier stuff anyway soundtrack from braveheart yeah a whole bunch of websites that are probably defunct although there's always the wayback machine you can't copy and paste out as i tried it they did the weird thing where the font just gets all weird <laughs> the weird thing yeah but it's the opposite of this weird thing yeah maybe pantheon.org is listed on the websites and that used to be my go-to source for like folklore bits from places mm. of the world that i knew very little about so i'm glad that's yeah that, i remember that yeah i think i've been to some of these sites <laughs> famori freehold that sounds familiar or fiana.org maybe it was part of a web ring remember web rings they're coming back in pog form no, um yeah Oh, Jackie Casada and Nikki Ria are special thanks. Yeah, of course. Then we get a character sheet, which it's fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for the layout tool I had, yeah. it's like the kind of thing I tried making for other games in Word. And that's, uh, so, yeah. that's the text. So what are your thoughts? Overall, it's weird, for sure. <laughs> and not everyone's cup of grog. I'm just barely curious enough to think about playtesting it 
But a lot of what I love about Changeling, and I know we kind of talked about this a bit, is tied up in the theme of duality between human and fae and struggling for balance and maintaining human connection, none of which is really included here. So like it is a Changeling game, but it's got different themes and a different mood. I haven't played Scion, but I assume it kind of resembles that in terms of its, Mm. you know, focus on pantheons. And also werewolf in terms of its metaphysics. Scion's got some other things about it that I would say it's less Scion than you might think. But mm, okay. that's not really a knock on this. Okay. There are a lot of rich ideas in here for Irish-themed yeah. games. I will I will give it that. <laughs> I'm glad you talked me into doing this episode. I was reading it and it was just... Especially the little bit... The, the introduction where they were just like ragging on Changeling the Dreaming. I'm like, no, what? Yeah. yeah. But... If they had redone this so it was its own game, not in the world of darkness, not, you know, copyright infringing, just made their own, mm-hmm. I would have been like, this is a cool fairy game. So, yeah. Well, and this past weekend, I was at PAX Unplugged chatting with a bunch of role playing game authors and developers who had sort of fey themed games or myth lore themed mm-hmm. games, one of which was Fate of the Norns. And that's kind of divided up into different pantheons. So like their base game is Ragnarok, which is Norse themed. I picked up the Ireland theme one called Children of Eru. And I'm curious how similar that is to this, because it seems like it's very, you know, it kind of circumscribes itself within. We're going to focus only on Celtic myth and only on Celtic culture, that kind of thing. And that's a choice. I mean, I think Changeling for all of the guff people give it about being so celtocentric and eurocentric it it does try to take a more cosmopolitan view than something like this and Mm -hmm. maybe it depends on who you're running it for and the kind of game you want to play yeah but for me if if this had been what changing the dreaming was or changing the if this had been the fairy game Mm -hmm. i would have been oh that's kind of cool i might have played it somewhat i don't think i would have fallen in love with it yeah yeah i agree like it would be like you know, race kind of cool. I'd be like, Demon, why didn't you make it more like Changeling the Celtic cycle? Like, yeah. But, like, it wouldn't be, it would have been one of those World of Darkness games that I'm like, that's pretty good. But not like, yeah. I'm not making a podcast about this, I don't think. <laughs> and when we get to Dark Ages Fae, I will have this in the back of my mind, thinking, like, okay, how much of this did inform? Oh, that? yeah that book yeah if this was the game too and then they made dark ages fame like oh yeah that makes total sense right 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 right. most of all i find it interesting moving outside the text because i think it kind of reveals what's going on in the back of the writer's minds and it shows you what the authors of these books might do when they're unfettered by developers keeping things on track it's like is this what they really wanted to be writing instead of certain houses for certain books or so yeah I think we have a couple. We had a question. One question: yeah. uh, How did they approach noble commoner statuses of interest to see if they felt it needed recontextualization or reworking of the new setting? I found it remarkably similar how the she work here in relation to commoners from changing the dreaming. Yeah, with the exception of the fact that there are no realms, so Fey one versus two isn't an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mechanically, it's quite different, mechanically. But like, but like the relationship, they feel about the same way. Yeah, You could have done fool's luck very similarly. Interestingly, though, because there is also that tripartite class hierarchy, obviously the Shi are still on the top, but then other kiths are kind of ranked. 
So like yeah. Slua are treated better than Boggins because they're the lore masters and the sorcerers and Boggins are just the laborers. So like mm-hmm. there's that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if I did play test this, it would be solely to run a game in like 400 AD TV show Roar Ireland. That's like mm-hmm. what I would do with it. Because that's where I think you can make those kinds of distinctions work more easily. Yeah. There wouldn't be commoners carping about democracy there. You need some Tuatha de Duran running around too. Yes. Is that when Christianity was showing up in Ireland? Yeah. yeah, it was around then. But then it's Celtic Christianity. They would be retreating at that point. Yep. But I think you, I could work out the rules for them out of this a lot easier than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's the that's yeah. all I've got to say. Yeah, it's interesting, and if you find yourself liking the bits of change of the dreaming the writers of this liked and disliking the bits of change of dreaming the writers of this disliked maybe it's worth checking out and cleaning up some of the mechanics and stuff it is one of those cases where i can't imagine there's any issue with distributing this freely online so perhaps it will be available in the show mm-hmm. notes where there will be a link somewhere yep and uh yeah you can find us at changelingthepodcast.com if you want to listen to us on YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash changeling the podcast. That'll take you there. Yep. Uh, you can join our Discord, discord.me slash CTP. Send us an email, podcast at changelingthepodcast.com. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, changeling the podcast on Facebook. You can send us a toot on Mastodon, changelingpod at dice.camp, right? Uh, I, I can never remember. It'll be in the show notes along with all yeah. of the social media. <laughs> yes. And anything else that we're on. We're also on all the different podcast platforms we can think of. And if there's anything we're not on and you want us to be on that podcast platform, send us a message on the Discord or email or whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, once again, I'm Joshua. I'm Puka with a W. Yeah. Remember, antithapy doesn't really make you forget things. So why not uh, just get all 90s and grunge about it? And may your hens take the disorder, your cows the crippen, and your calves the white scour. May yourself go stone blind so that you will not know your wife from a haystack. Shamelessly stealing a rhymy idea from a Mage the Podcast outro and following this text's introduction of Trodlore, some additional secondary abilities you might consider introducing to your game include Scrodlore, whereby a character can become an expert in all preparations and varieties of bite-sized whitefish, Doddlore, made up of rumors and anecdotes surrounding Connecticut senators with a taste for financial regulation, Riodlore, an encyclopedic knowledge of the streets and points of interest in Saudi Arabia's capital, Mod lore, a mishmash of dandyish mid-20th century fashion, Vespa driving skills, and jazz snobbery. And ballad lore, which allows you to write sad love songs in Old French. It's debatable how many of these would be useful in a game of Changeling the Celtic Cycle, or indeed any role-playing game, but if we end up finding a way, the first to know will be our much-appreciated patrons, who get a shout-out at the end of each episode and include... Derek, Dorkadus, Oreo, Razgabuz, Sanjager, Sija, Terry Robinson, and Tricerabeth. You too can receive a shout-out and other benefits by supporting our podcast at www.patreon.com slash changelingthepodcast. We also appreciate reviews on the podcast listening platform of your greatest convenience, or you can just slip our information to the next person at whom you levy an old-school Irish curse. Until next time, may the trod rise up to meet you, but not too hard, because that means you've probably taken a tumble off your Vespa. But if you have, do get back on, ride forth, and keep on dreaming.